The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Since the world began, woman was meant for man. Well, Sam, I must say, this is the shortest honeymoon in my experience. Half of you been keeping something from me. Well, I wouldn't blame myself if I did. It didn't exactly telegraph this punch. Come on in, Angel, and I'll tell you as much about it as I think you should know. And what, may I ask, is a large parcel with a pink ribbon around it? Love letters. What else? Well, I must say, for a whirlpool romance. Whirlpool? I mean, writing all those letters. When did she find time to get acquainted? Stop pulling at that blouse. What's the matter? Does it itch? Sam, now that your marital status is no longer quo... Well, Sam, these little routine informalities. Don't you think we should be a little more stilted with each other here? In the hereafter? Then, perhaps, and not a minute before. To Sergeant Joseph Walsh, Bunko and Fugitive Detail, San Francisco Police. From uh, you-know-who, license number 137596. Subject, the, uh... Easy, yes. Subject, the, uh, love letter caper, or how to be happily married, though single. The start of it was last Wednesday morning. I had just arisen, shaved, bathed, weighed myself in the bathroom scales, and decided on a breakfast of black coffee and rye crisp. Noisy stuff. Oh. <clears throat> Special delivery. Sign here. Oh, now hold this, will you, Sonny? Yeah, but, but what do you call this? Some kind of Italian soda cracker? Rye crisp, low in calories. Take a bite. Oh, you could lose a pound or two yourself. Mm. There you are. Eat the change. Thanks. I'll smoke it after dinner. The first thing that fell out of the envelope was a photograph. Glamour type. It was inscribed... To Sam, body and soul, Ella. The letter was in the same tone of voice. Sam. Sam. Oh, Sam, my darling. Last night was so beautiful, but now my arms are empty and I'm filled with strange fears for the future. Unless I see you soon, I don't know how I can go on living. Come to me tonight, my darling. Wait until the house is dark. Then slip in through the west gate and I'll meet you beside the fountain. If you fail me, I don't know what I'll do. But I know you won't. All, all, all my love forever, Ella. I uh, read it over again, looked longingly at her picture, and shook my memory down. I couldn't even remember ever meeting a girl named Ella, but I did remember that last night was definitely not beautiful. In fact, I had dropped 35 bucks in a blackjack game, not deductible. After I had tested the letter for invisible ink, codes and ciphers, etc., with negative results, I decided it was either A, a crank letter, or B, bait, or C, a camouflage call for help from a damsel in distress. I took another look at said damsel's photograph and decided I would investigate her distress. I then phoned my secretary and told her to look up the night bus schedule to Atherton, the return address on the envelope containing said love letter. It was around 11 in the p.m., and the moon was just clearing the treetops behind the Comstock mansion when I slipped in at the west gate for the instructions in Ella's love letter and took a plant beside the aforementioned fountain. The house was in darkness, and I didn't see the ladder until the moon cleared the chimney pot. There was a girl climbing down the ladder from the second story, and she had a suitcase in her hand. When she reached the ground, she looked around anxiously, spotted me, and flew into my arms. Oh, Sam, my darling, you didn't fail me. Oh, my precious, hold me. Never let me go. I love you. I love you, too, but now look. I'll explain it all later. We'll have to hurry. I think he suspected something. Who suspected Please, what? Please, there isn't time. Come hey, on. Oh, the hey. watchman. We'll have to go out the back way. Come on. Hey, there. Come back here. Hey, you. Hey, hold it. Get down. No, let me go. we got to get out of I here. I said get down. Oh. Shut up. They had a ladder up to the second story in the hall window. But I scared them off. Oh, not all. Well, let's have no more shooting. I'm trying to scream. Come on. It's our last chance. If he looks in that room, I love you. I love you. What room? Wait. Well, my room, of course. 
Where are you planning on going? Anywhere, just so I get away from him. I love you. I love you. Who's him? My uncle. He's been holding me prisoner in that house. Oh, come now. I tell you, he's insane. He'll kill us both if we're caught, so please come on. I went because, A, I don't like being shot at, and, B, there was a wild possibility that she was indeed a fairy princess on the lamb from a dragon. I discounted half a B when we reached her getaway car. It was parked in the alley with a motor running. When she insisted that I drive, I hesitated whether to head directly to police headquarters or nail her the stupid way. I was weak from being on a diet, so it was Hobson's choice, more familiarly known as Spade's Folly. It's where I live. You wouldn't lie to me. Not about that. Look at the address. Your love letter arrived here. Come on. Here, let me carry your bag. No, no, it's all right. I'll carry it. Hmm. Come on, come on. It's okay. No cops, no booby traps. Now, let's have a look in that suitcase. No, you must Come on, come on. Give it to me. No, you can't. Why not? Because you'll get the wrong idea. Oh. Well, well, well. What have we here? I knew you'd get the wrong idea. The only thing you seem to have missed is the Hope Diamond. That jewelry is mine, every piece of it. Uh-huh. It's all I have in the world. Poor kid. Let's see now. Diamond bracelet, not more than ten grand. Emerald necklace, second hand, of course. All told, I don't imagine this stuff will net you a penny more than a hundred thousand bucks. I know, but I'll just have to get along as best I can. I don't have any money of my own. Yeah, why did you write me that crazy love letter? Because my uncle reads all my mail. I didn't want him to know I was hiring a detective. Why did you? I couldn't very well walk around with all these jewels without some protection, could I? Oh, my uncle, he's followed me here. Suppose it's the cop. Oh, no, it's he. I know it. Where can I hide? In here? Don't you have a bedroom? Yeah, but it has a window and a fire escape in here. Oh. Go on. But, but... Go on, go on. Spade. Yeah. I... I suppose she's told you about me. You were uncle? Oh, good heavens, no. I'm Stuart Mason. I'm her fiancé. Or was, till she ran away with you. Uh, maybe you'd better step inside, Mr. Mason. Thank you. Uh, sit down. I'd uh, like to... Explain. No, 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 no. I just brought a few things I'd like to leave for Ella. Here. This bundle of letters. Her love letters to me. I suppose she'll want to destroy them. <clears throat> now, wait a minute, Mr. Mason. Don't jump to any rash conclusions. I saw her come down the ladder. I saw her throw herself into your arms. Yeah, but... I I can't blame her. I've been a coward. I oh. told myself it was for her own sake that I discouraged her from escaping with me. But now I know that, well, it was at least partly fear for myself. But I might die as the others did. Yeah, but, uh, what others? The men she's known. They've all died under mysterious circumstances, and didn't she warn you? Well, uh, all she told me was that her uncle was insane and wouldn't let her out. <laughs> Crazy like a fox. As long as she remains unmarried, he controls her money. Three million dollars of it. Uh-huh. Well, only the brave deserve the fare. Alas. If you'll just give her these letters and tell her that I... You, uh, tell her yourself. Come on out, Ella. Stuart, why did you come here? Your letters, my dear. And I... I wish you every happiness. Stuart. You too, old man. Good night. Oh, Stuart, Stuart, darling, I can explain everything. Don't try, my dear. Oh, Stuart! Stuart, come back! Hey, Ella! Hey, Ella, your jewelry! Your, your love letters! Hey, we'll take care of those letters, Spade. Keep the gun on him, Riley. Inside, you. Over there, sweetheart. What do you want? Mr. Spade, I've been aware for some time that you've been carrying on a surreptitious love affair with my niece. Look, uh, Mr. Comstock. What, Jim Riley? Don't worry, Mr. Comstock. I advise you against trying to jump him, Spade. Why should I? You're both nuts, but not crazy enough to take a shot at me here. Try me and see. I wouldn't waste the energy. I haven't made a penny on this caper so far, and it doesn't look like I will. Ha! Not a penny, he says. The king's ransom and jewels extorted from a foolish, lovesick girl. Oh, how did I manage that? Don't you play the innocent with me. This packet of love letters will satisfy the police. Blackmail. You're crazy. Those letters weren't written to me. You deny that Ella has ever written your letter? One too many. In fact, one. Well, how do you explain me? Darling Sam. Sam, my dearest one. What? Sam, my great, big, beautiful detective. Dated last October. Hey, let me see those Watch things. It. 
I told you not to move. Yeah, yeah, so you did. Well, uh, what now? Very well. Give me the... Give me the police department. Yes, it is. Hello? This is Hugo Comstock. I want to make a complaint. Uh, blackmail. Oh. Hello. I want to... Yes, yes, Sergeant. The name is Hugo Comstock, and I'm making this complaint on the behalf of my niece, Miss Ella Comstock. The name of the offender is Samuel Spade, a private detective. Huh? Well, of course I'm sure. Yes, I'm holding him at his apartment now. The address is... Oh, you have it. Well, I'm not surprised. You better hurry over here. Right away. He's threatening violence. You really think you can make that stick? Mr. Spade, I'm sure I can. Dirty words and foul imprecations were forming on my trembling lips. But he had letters from his niece to one Sam, a great, big, beautiful detective. And I had the jewels, and before the night was over, Sergeant Walsh, you had me. Booked, bothered, and bewildered. What bewildered me was how to raise the $2,500 bail. Sam Spade, innocent dope. I mean dupe. The United States Armed Forces Radio Service is presenting the weekly adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. the times until my breakfast of rude prison fare. They didn't serve any rye crisp, but what they did serve was even less fattening. I thrust my emaciated arms through the bars of my cell and clawed at the lapels of a passing bondsman and begged him for sucker. He says I didn't need any because I was it. I hurled him aside and sat down to think. About then, you, Sergeant Walsh, hold through in front of my cell. Okay, Sam, get moving. You're free. Gee, thanks. Who stood my bail? Great kidder, aren't you? Sergeant, am I to understand that the charges have been dropped? Get out of here. All right, I know when I'm not wanted. Mine not the reason why. And don't come back. Your inhospitable words cut me to the quick, Sergeant, but I bit my lips, swallowed my pride, very low calorie, and strode bravely out into the sunlight a free man, I thought, until I bought a newspaper. Right there on page one, it said, Heiress reveals secret marriage to private detective. Blackmail charges against Sam Spade dropped. All a mistake, says Uncle. Next to the item was a picture of Ella leaning over a hot stove in my kitchen. It was captioned, Surprise bride prepares breakfast for incarcerated mate. We'll keep things hot for him, says Mrs. Spade. I'm on a diet. Take off that apron and sit down. I did it for your sake, Sam, darling. Wouldn't it have been simpler just to have dropped the charges? Oh, it wasn't difficult. The nicest man forged the license and the certificate for only $10. I know a guy who would have done it for five and thrown in some fingerprints for free, but that's not the point. But, darling, don't you see? If you'd just gone free without being married to me, Uncle Hugo might have done something worse to you. Like kill you. Nuts. Who are these ex-admirers of yours who were supposed to have been knocked off by your uncle? Name three. Well, there was Ralph Bettinson. He died of vapor loss. Of what? It happened in the mountains. Something went wrong with his car, but they couldn't prove it because it blew up and burned after it went over the cliff. Hmm. And then there was poor Freddie Push. They called him the piggy bank suicide. Why? They found $5 worth of pennies in his stomach. Oh. And then there was poor Nicky Nato. He was a ballet dancer. That's enough. Now about those letters. Why was your friend Mason retaining love letters you'd written to some detective named Sam? Well, that was just coincidence. He always went by his initials, you know, like GBS for George Bernard Shaw. S-A-M is for Stuart Andrew Mason. Stuart Andrew is his pen name. He writes detective stories. And the rest of the coincidence was that that love letter you inadvertently mailed to Sam Spade Detective, thereby sending your uncle out gunning for Sam instead of S-A-M? What could I do after he read my diary and my confessions to myself about S-A-M and the references to his brilliant mind on criminal subjects? Well, you were a natural stand-in for S-A-M. Pronounced S-A-P. But I wasn't going through with it, Sam. Not after I met you. Why not? Because the moment I saw you, I... I knew that all those things I'd said in that love letter were really true. Really? Last night was so beautiful? I think I... I think I must have dreamed of you. Exactly. Oh, Sam, darling, I, I'm so lost and frightened. Amen. You don't know what my life has been. Oh, I can imagine. Boyfriend's dropping dead right and left. You're the only one who can stop it. If Uncle Hugo thinks we're really married and he can't use my money anymore, then he'll stop having accidents happen to people. Won't you please be my husband, Sam? 
Is that so much to ask after what I did for you? Yeah. Oh, go on. You spring me out of that blackmail frame so I can help you compound a felony. But, Sam, what am I going to do? You forged a marriage, go forge a divorce. <laughs> Where are you going? Back to jail. I'll see you there. Ow! Oh! Oh, dear me. Hit your foot, did it? Cast iron. Don't make them like that nowadays. My foot. Hey, your foot. I meant the strong box. Oh. Oops. Uh, coming in or going out? I think I'll sit down for a minute. Sam, you poor dear boy. Here, let me take off your shoes so it can swell if it wants to. Get away from me. I only wanted to help. I love you. Well, I don't love you anymore. Oh, first little spat, is it? Who is this guy? Oh, Sam, I'm sorry. This is Curtin. You can say that again. Curtin's. Harwood L. Curtin's. L. Fernese, attorney at law. I represent the estate of the late Gertrude Comstock, Ella's mother. Uh, you, Mr. Spade... Have married into, uh, shall we say, money? Look, Curtis, it's time to raise the blinds on a couple of things. In the first place... Please. As you know, Ella, your grandfather, the late Commodore Ezra Comstock, uh, left his fortune to be divided equally between his legitimate heirs, that is, your mother and your uncle Hugo. Upon your mother's death, the residue of her part of the estate was left to be administered by your uncle Hugo as he saw fit until your marriage, at which time it should go to you. Well, where is it? Yeah. All in good legal time. First, here is this old strong box. You mean strong box? <sighs> Containing family mementos handed down to you from your grandmother. <clears throat> it was your mother's wish that this be delivered into your hands upon this uh, auspicious occasion. <clears throat> here is the key, in addition to which I leave with you both my best wishes for your future happiness. Good day. Uh, Mr. Spade, I shall forward along to you the statement of my fees for services in this case. Wait a minute. Who's paying my fees? No more questions, please. Good day. Well, I guess we might as well open it. Oh, I'm sleepy. Oh, no. Let's see what's in here. All right. Let's. It didn't take long to go through Grandma Comstock's mementos. And I got more and more wide awake as we went along. The strong box contained four items. A teapot, a bundle of letters, a photograph album, and a family skeleton. The letters were love letters from one Elmo Pinckney. It was a tin type instead of Pinckney in the album. He was a dead ringer for Uncle Hugo, which might have been a coincidence, but wasn't. I started scanning through the love letters. Find any money yet? Huh? Well, there's a Confederate ten spot. I'll let you know if I hit any pay dirt. Well, at least she left me a pot to make tea in. What? But if there wasn't any money, why wouldn't Uncle Hugo let me get married? Now, look, why don't you go and wash out that pot and make some tea, huh? Probably leaks. Oh, something in it. Hmm? No money. This grandmother's marriage certificate and... and mother's and Uncle Hugo's birth certificate. Let's see those. Oh, crap. I might have known. I wonder who that is. That will be your Uncle Hugo. Well, that doesn't need to worry us anymore, does it? Yeah, put these things back in the teapot and put the teapot on the mantelpiece. But it's crap. So am I, so do it anyway. Come right in, Uncle Hugo. You too, Cousin Riley, you fool. Very funny. Now, now, don't be silly, Riley. Mother, accept your poor old uncle's blessing on this happy occasion. I don't want your blessing, Uncle Hugo. You're a mean old man, and you killed all my fiancés. Well, it appears that Mr. Curtins has already brought you a legacy. I believe I recognize your grandmother's strongbox. Mementos of a strange romantic chapter in the history of a great family, Mr. Spade. You, who have joined that family so uh, unexpectedly... We'll have a privilege that even I was never granted. Oh, how come? My mother was a strange woman in some ways. I'm sure she was. I suppose we shall never know what prompted her to leave these personal allotments to Ella's mother, nor why my late sister chose to keep their contents a secret from me. I, I don't suppose I might be allowed to just a peek into that Pandora's box. Go ahead, help yourself. Really? Well, well I'll... <laughs> There's nothing but a photograph album and a bundle of letters. Love letters, Uncle Hugo. They seem to run in your family. Would you like to read them? You, uh, you have no objection, Ella. Me? Why should she have? And I can give the whole story to you in a nutshell, Uncle Hugo. It seems that Grandma Comstock fell in love with a handsome rascal named Pinckney, a deserter from the Confederate Army, and eloped with him to New Orleans. Her family pursued her there, had Pinckney arrested, got an annulment, and whisked her back home in time for her scheduled wedding to Ezra Comstock. These letters were written to her by Pinckney while he languished in prison awaiting court-martial. 
Here's the last one. Read it for yourself. Oh. Lydia, my darling, in a few hours I face a firing squad. Please, no tears, no regrets. I'm glad that you are married to a man who is worthy of you. Comstock will be a better father for our child than I would ever have been. Farewell, my love. So that was a secret. Nothing so extraordinary about that. I think it's very tragic. Think of her married to a man she didn't love about to have the child. And her lover facing a firing squad. Nonsense. Sentimental nonsense. What do you know about such things? I should know a little. After all, I was that child. Oh, I'm sorry, Uncle Hugo. I... Ah, wow. Fine old piece of spoon. What? This teapot. I don't remember seeing this here before. Uh, just something I picked up in a junk shop. Uh, it's a very rare piece. Do you mind if I look at the mark? Go ahead. Ah, indeed. Genuine example. Pity it's cracked. Oh, oh! That was clumsy of me. Well, it's no good saving the pieces. I'll just toss them in the fire. Wait a minute, Comstock. I'll take care of it. Oh, it's no trouble. It's no... Well, well, what's this? It's uh, your birth certificate, Uncle Hugo. You got that? Oh, no. What are you going to do with it? Put it back where it came from. Righty. Yeah, Mr. Comstock. Spade, I'm going out of here, and I'm taking that strong box with me. And don't think I won't kill you to get it. He will, Sam, just as he did the others. And you, too, if you don't shut your trap. Hand it over, Spade. Sure. Come and get it. Okay, let's have it. There you are. Riley, what's wrong with you? Oh, my foot is broken. Oh! Sit down and rest it. Oh! Hold it, Comstock. I've got the gun now. Well, Spade, seems you've won the day. Oh. How does it feel to be a rich man? You'll have to tell me, Comstock. The reports of my marriage to your niece are slightly exaggerated. And that's about it, Sergeant. I'm sorry I can't furnish you with the forged papers Ella used to back up that phony story of her marriage to me. A fire broke out in the wastebasket, and I accidentally dropped them into it. As for Comstock and his Gunzel Riley, I will gladly press charges against them on the blackmail frame until Homicide decides whether it has a case against him on the mysterious deaths of Ella's previous fiancés. Period. End of report. But, Sam, why? Why what, if? Did he want that old cracked teapot? Well, because Grandmother's love letters plus the documents on that teapot prove that Hugo was not a Comstock but a Pinckney and hence not entitled to one red penny of the Comstock fortune, which was left, if you recall, to Grandpa's legitimate heir. Well, who was? Entitled, I mean. Ella, but if she never married, she'd never find out, you Well, see. she doesn't deserve it. Hmm? After making a pigeon out of you the way she did. I agree, sweetheart, but how else could she afford to pay my fee? Well, I certainly hope you soak her. I fully intend to. Go type that up while I falsify an expense account. No, still a couple of fingers in there. Break out another glass. Oh, no, I meant the expense account. Oh, that. Well, it was nothing much. Just bus fare. Uh, free breakfast in the pokey? Nah, no, that would be dishonest. Well, I took the liberty, Sam, of drawing up a statement. Did you look it over? Yeah. Hmm. New letterhead. Well, it's only a sample I had done in huh? sending your approval. Do you? Well, uh, yes, yes, very classy. I like the coat of arms, but I'm not quite sure about the motto. Oh, but then you are the greatest private detective of them all. Well, you know best, Effie. And then, for an extra dollar a hundred, we could have it printed in Rady Ink. In what? Luminous Ink, Sam. Shines in the dark. Even as you and I. Oh, Sam. I'm glad you're still a bachelor. Go home, all the same. <laughs> Good night, Sam. <laughs> Good night, sweetheart. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Duff. Lorene Tuttle is Effie. Adventures of Sam Spade, Private Detective, is a presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.
sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Bold Venture. of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Give me another handful of confetti, sailor. Yeah, street carnival really brings out the jazzy in you, doesn't it, Slate? <laughs> Why not? Where else can a fellow rid himself of the cares and toils of the day? Where else can he wear a funny hat? Well, he could wear it on the top of his head like the other funny fellow. What's the matter, sailor? You jealous because I fandangled around his brim? In Cuba, that's the thing to do at a fiesta. A hat dance. With a beanie? Three propellers makes it daring. <laughs> you know, sometimes I don't know about you, say. Sometimes I can't figure it. Uh, I was saying I can't figure you out. Yeah, I'll help you with your homework later. Right now, I want to concentrate on... Yeah, just as I thought. There are six of them. Six dancing girls on that platform. How'd you ever work it out? Simple. I counted their legs and divided by two. Is there any other way? Some fellows I know add a column of figures from the top. Uh... Hey, look, sailor, the girls are throwing flowers at us fellas. Among other things. Now watch this catch, sailor. Ah, what a snazzy shortstop was lost to the world when I chose the sea. So you made a shoestring catch of a paper camellia slate. I yawned. Performance toward me, too, lady. Hand over the camellia shortstop. The pathetic little souvenir was meant for me. You kidding, Buster? I call for a fair catch. Eh, we were all dazzled by it. Let's not let it go to our head, huh? The little blossom. Pin it on my lapel, flower boy. Go shag your own flies, kid. This one's got to impress you, huh? You impressed me. But not for long, huh, kid? Gosh. Hat dancers, fellows fighting over a paper flower. It's been a real fiesta slate. What do we do with a prone fellow? We just dance around him. Watch you don't trip over his chin. Come on, Quimby. Get in, quick. Yeah. You must be out of your mind, Mr. Packard. I'm talking to you. I'm talking about your mind. I heard you. Making me meet you like this. The two of us together. Suppose the cops get your fast wink of us together. Nothing had happened. The police would shake us down, make clucking sounds, shake their heads and tell us to keep moving. We're blocking traffic. Yeah, 
Go ahead. Keep telling me. Look, Quimby, I set up the whole thing, didn't I? I said keep telling me. I had that clerk in the jewelry store believing I was really interested in that stone. I keep going in there for three weeks, every day. And I couldn't make up my mind whether to buy it or not. I touched the dashboard with my nose. I bow, Mr. Packard. The clerk had the stone out yesterday. Then you came in and pulled a switch while I diverted him. So far, simple. Yeah, real, real. With my record and the cops knowing by this time that you were casing the place, all they have to do is find us together. Find us with a stone. No stone, Quimby. I didn't get it. What? But I gave it to Velma. I put it in that paper comedian. I gave it to her. Then she tossed it to you? She tossed it. A guy named Slate caught it. Slate? Slate Shannon? I guess. Trouble, Mr. Packard, if it's Slate Shannon. He's different? Maybe not. Maybe not at all. Slate Shannon. A guy. Lives. Dies. Just a guy. He can be taken care of. You got all your loot, Slate? Yeah, the camellia from the dancing girl, the cane from the guy who couldn't guess my weight. And the Cupid doll from the girl whose weight you could and did. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got a Cupid doll I can call my own. You can put her alongside that picnic ham you won at Venice Pier five years ago. Oh, this Cupid is... Hey, sailor, look. It's Pilar, the peddler. Hi, Pilar. Oh, Slate, it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm tired. You can sell your old clothes to Pilar some other time. You kidding? Pilar is my beloved. She and that old horse are among the fondest memories a fellow can cherish. Hey, tal, Pilar. How goes it with my old friend? Whoa, whoa, El Dobbin. Oh, it is late Shannon with his hermosa senorita. The beautiful senorita. Tasting the moonlight. Make him go home, Pilar. I'm worn out. I've got something for you, Pilar. A kiss for an old peddler, perhaps, to bring back a faraway yesterday when Pilar did not drive a junk cart. Better than that, Pilar. A camellia for El Dobbin's hat. <laughs> now, don't thank me, El Dobbin. There was nothing really. Hey, look at my cupie. Oh, come on, Slate. Bye, Pilar. Adios, senorita. Slate, my lover fellow. Get up, El Dobbin. Andale. Ah, that Pilar. If I was only 40 years older. You may be by the time we get home. Please come on. Sailor, tonight I've lived. I've danced in the streets, met an old love. No, oh, you're just the Havana Flash. That's what you are. Hey, wait a minute, Sailor. There's a guy crooking a finger at me from a doorway. You lost, friend? No, I am very much at home, senor. It is you who are lost. And that gun is for showing me the way, huh? If you wish it. If you do not, I will settle for a paper camellia. The one that was went for me at the fiesta. My beloved Mia Alma meant it for me. Can I help it if you're awkward and butterfingers? We will not discuss my personality. The camellia, por favor. Sure. Sure, I've got it right here. You say something? Oh. <sighs> Ah, I was wrong. You didn't say a thing. Slate, what happened? Why did you hit him over the head with the doll? Pointed a gun at me and wanted a camellia. Hey, hey that's the second flower lover I've had to fight for a camellia. Now, don't get fat on it. There might be a third. Let's get out of here. King, did you get him? Yes, Mr. Slate, a whole dollar's worth. A whole bouquet. I'll wrap them. Thanks. Taylor, come here. What do you want? What are you looking so sheepish about? I bought you something, a bouquet of camellias. Here. Like them? Gee, and they're artificial, too. What girl wouldn't go out of her mind over a bunch of artificial flowers? I thought you'd like them. They're to make up for last night. I'll put them on my dresser. King, will you go into my room and empty the water out of the vase? I wouldn't want these blossoms to get wet. <laughs> I will, Lady Sailor. But it is not whether a gift is... Now look, King, if she doesn't want them... Slate Shannon. I threw you a flower last night, Slate Shannon. 
Care to come over to my place and pull petals? Why not? I got nothing to keep me here. Oh, I'm glad. The Castillo Apartments, 4B. Ask for me, for Velma. You can't miss me. I'll be all that's there. Going someplace late? Be back in a... Uh, I'll be back. Some guy trying to sell me insurance. Mm. Tell her you're only interested in a short-term policy. Huh, dear? Buenos dias, Slate Shannon. Hello. Your name, Velma? Uh-huh. Come on in. You like my place? Comfy. Well, then, why don't you get that way? All right. Uh, one of these days, I'm, I'm going to get myself a sofa like this. What for? You can use mine any time you want. Here. I'll slide the hassock under your feet. You feel like talking? Not especially. I could just sit here like this and fall asleep. I'll rock you to sleep if you want. <laughs> Velma, we reached the stage in our great romance when a guy is forced to ask a question. I hate to louse up this deathless love of ours, but if I just let myself go like this, you think I'm a... Well, I don't know what, maybe a cad even, and you wouldn't want... Look, Slade, I, I, you know why I wanted to see you. No, no, I don't. Go ahead, break it to me. Well, you caught a paper camellia at the carnival. Oh, oh you like the way I shag flies, huh? I want that camellia. Are you kidding? Do you have it with you? You sure you're not kidding? If you don't have it, I'll go back to your place with you and get it. You need a camellia to make you happy, kid? That's right, yeah. I want to look good for you. I want to put it in my curly hair. Look, baby, it's not your hair that's curly, it's your head. A fond farewell to you. All right, get out of here. You and your fat grin, out! You don't know what you just bought yourself. Gee, and I, I thought I'd get out of here with at least that hassock. Well, that's the way it's got to be. So long, Velma. Hi, Mr. Slate. Hello, King. Where's Sailor? In her room, making herself the loveliest for you. The way a good girl should. Mind if I ask you something, Mr. Slate? Sure, go right ahead. Where have you been? Um, horseback riding. <laughs> Must have been a tall, blonde horse, Mr. Slate. Left some hair on your lapel. Where did you... Slate, come here. Something's happened. Why? What's the matter? Look, I'm my dresser. I'm looking. You mean my picture in the frame? Why don't you dust it once in a while? I'm talking about camellias, the ones you gave me. I put them right here on my dresser. Oh, where are they? I'm trying to tell you. They're gone. Someone came in through that window and took them while I was out. A camellia heist. Ah, this is something new in the annals of crime. Suddenly all of Havana's gone berserk over paper flowers. What would anyone want with artificial flowers? Yeah, that suddenly worries me, too. Because I've heard there are times when they're used at cheap funerals. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and the second act of our story. When a girl throws flowers, it's time to duck, unless you're a darling of lady luck. I offer this advice, I offer it for free. It comes to you gratis, courtesy of me. Two men get clobbered so far to date for a paper camellia by Mr. Slate. As if it's worth it, I'll tell you that the flower now reposes on a horse's hat. 
<laughs> and that's just where it's going to stay. Have you ever thought about it, Mr. Slate, that maybe there's something sinister about that paper camellia? Something strange, as if it were touched by dark kisses, as if some fingers of evil... King, uh, have you ever considered a saying the role of Hamlet, the unhappy prince? I was just wondering why somebody stole those flowers out of Miss Sailor's room. A gentleman is ringing for service at the desk, Mr. Slate. Yeah. Sorry, mister, no more rooms. We're full up. Mr. Slate, we got 16 rooms. 17. Mr. Greeley ran out on us this morning, leaving us a suitcase full of interlocking, no mortar necessary bricks. I don't like that guy's looks. Besides, he's wearing a chameleon in his lapel, and I've had enough camellias for one day. Let me handle this. Your name is Shannon, isn't it? That's right. I can't help who recommended you, friend. No rooms. We're not taking any reservations. That's fine. I'd like to see a lad make a living. So I'll make this real short. I was going to ask you to. You got a camellia that looks like this, only in paper? Why? Because then you'd win first prize. One thousand bucks. Because I did what? Hey, don't I know you? The light was bad last night at the fiesta, but I could... That's right. You slugged me. So I just now forgot it. And I just now set a grand for the camellia. You got it? The last camellia I had was stolen out of this lady's room. Even for a thousand, you say that? Because that's the way it was. If it wasn't, get somebody to shed a tear over you. So long, Shannon. What's the matter, killer? You run out of bullets? Your boyfriend, Velma. He can't ever cry on your shoulder anymore. Why'd you kill him? Ricardo wouldn't double-cross you. Yeah, I remember. His dying words were how he wouldn't double-cross me. What'll yours be, Velma, dear? He tried to tell you. He didn't steal that camellia from Shannon's girl. The poor guy. All he was trying to do was make the time of day with me. And you told him, Ricardo, bring me a jewel. Bring me a ruby. It'll light up the sky for us. Isn't that what you told the dead lover boy? You've had a big day, killer. Why don't you go someplace and die dreaming about it? The ruby, Velma. Give it to me. I haven't got it. I haven't got it. I threw it away. The night of the street dance. I threw it to you. You forgot I was there. You forgot it wasn't me you tossed the posy to. I'm sorry, dear. You're grieving for the dead. That's what makes you forgetful, huh? Is it my fault that Shannon caught it? Is it my fault we can't get it away from him? You can't get it away from him. A sweet, unspoiled, girly girl like you, and you can't take a paper flower from a man. I tried. Ricardo tried. You tried. How come you flipped it, killer? And I made it so two and two for you, dear. Plant the ruby in the flower, I said. Toss it to me while dancing. And nobody knows how a poor little jewel got lost. How simple it was. Well, you changed all that, killer. The boy lying on the floor says you changed it. Get the ruby, Velma, dear. Or for you and the boy, I'll arrange a two-body grave. Here, look at this picture, Senor Shannon. Senorita. Uh, no, he's not the one, Inspector LaSalle. Well, let me see, Slate. I said he wasn't the one. What do you have to look at a picture for? Because I like to look at pictures. No, that's not the man who offered a thousand dollars. Here. Look at this photograph. This man will probably not... Uh... Yeah, that's him. Let's see. That's him, all right, Inspector. Hmm, what you say is very interesting. Because this is a man who has no record on the blotter of the police. Well, how did he get his picture in the pile with these thugs? This is a man whose name is Fred Packard. He is not a hundred percent thief. He is a suspected thief. A thief of what? Of a ruby of inestimable worth. This we think. This we do not know. Now, uh, permit me, Senor Shannon. Here is another picture. Have you seen this man ever? Uh, no, I don't think so. Senorita? No, I haven't. Why? This is a man named Quimby. We suspect he was in complicity with Senor Packard in the theft of the ruby. Again, we have no proof. I've got some advice for you, Inspector. And this advice is? Pick up this guy, Quimby. Huh. That is already done. He languishes on an open charge in an empty cell. We give him questions, however, receive no answers. 
Keep at it, LaSalle. I think I can deliver this whole thing to you, Ruby and all. Come on, sailor. Come on, he says. Come on where? To knock on a door. To get back some junk. Someplace else. Pilar the peddler is closed for business. Open up, Pilar. Slate and Sailor. Let's watch that billing, huh, kid? Sailor and Slate, Pilar. Aha! It is my very godmother's. Come into the junk pile of Pilar. <laughs> You're a doll, honey. Wouldn't patronize any other junk dealer. <laughs> you have come to give me more souvenirs for El Dobin, huh? Take something away, Pilar. We want the camellia I pinned to your horse's hat. The camellia? I I gave it to the viejo, the old man Cortez. Who? Cortez, the junk man. All day he competes with me. At night he courts me. Plays old bottles under my window. <laughs> Last night he was so beautiful, I threw him the paper camellia. And where do we find this beautiful man? Oh, in his little tin shack on Calle Rosa. Ah, you should hear how he plays those bottles. It makes a woman shit. Look, Slate, through the window. The old man's asleep. The grin on his face and the camellia on his... Yeah. I told you that Pilar is a wonderful woman. Here, Sailor, I'll hoist you in. What? We don't want to wake the old man out of a dream he may never have again. Come on, I'll hoist you through the window. Just take the flower out of his ear and kiss him goodnight. Okay. How are you? I got the flower, Slate. Did you kiss him? Yeah. You know, he kissed back. Why, that sly old junk man. Come on, sailor. Let's get back to the jeep. When did you put a photoelectric cell on the jeep door, Slate? Don't worry your pretty head how doors open, dear. Just get in. You and Shannon. All right, flower lover. If you have trouble starting, I'll use this gun as a choke. Get going, Shannon. <laughs> This is a pretty boat you got, Shannon. The Bold Venture, huh? Pretty name. Yeah, I don't think I've got enough gas to get you to Key West, Packard. You have. It's been taken care of. You're on the boat, both of you. Mr. Packard. What do you want? Would you give a girl a peep at your ruby? Uh, just take my word for it. It was in the camellia. It has a perfect star. It weighs 35 carats, and it's flawless. Okay, Shannon, start her up. You just about have this all figured, haven't you, Shannon? Sure. The cops are scratching at your back. Me too. What? Don't turn around, Shannon. You make a good shield. Velma, what do you want? What are you doing on this boat? I heard you give orders to gas up this boat. You didn't think you were going to run out on me, did you? Slate, who's that girl breathing on the back of your neck? Velma? Sailor. Sailor? Velma. Hi, Velma. I don't want to be a cat, dearie, but your gun's showing... Does it show to you, too, Fred? Look, I was going to send for you once I got to Key West. Sure, sure you were. What are you going to do now that you'll never get to Key West? Velma, don't be crazy. Listen to me. Fred! Fred, come back here! Fred! I'll kill him! He won't get away! I'll... I'll... Let go of me! I'll take that gun, Velma! He'll get away! He'll swim! Give it to me! Yeah. Here, sailor, cover her. Let him go, Slate. The cops will pick him up. Maybe, maybe not. He's headed for that breakwater. If he makes it, maybe nobody will pick him up. Keep your eyes on my shoes. That Velma's a tricky one. Packard! Packard, you, you won't make it. I'll make it. There's an undertow at that breakwater. Okay, Packard. Back to the boat, Packard. You're crazy. I said back. We're both drowned. Maybe. 
Let's go under and see. Uh. Taylor. Taylor, throw me a line. All right. Yeah. Yeah, how do you feel, Packard? Just get me aboard. Just, just... I saved your life. Aren't you going to say thanks? No? Haul us in, sailor. Hold tight, Slate. I'll drag you home. you. Stop saying that. I've got a cold swimming around in that cold ocean. Here, I made you something. Drink it. What is it? It's good for fellas with a cold. Go ahead, drink it. Drink it all down. All right. What was that? A fish broth. A fish broth? Uh-huh. A little haddock, a pinch of rock cod, dash of swordfish. Where'd you get a remedy like that? I invented it. Fish never catch cold, and they live in the ocean. Genius. Didn't you like that remedy? Try this one. Cut it out, sailor. I've got a cold. Cut it out. Did you like that? Nice, huh? <gasps> it's you! Bless you. <gasps> it's you! Bless you. Now I've got a cold, too. What have we got to worry about? And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring... Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, together in Bold Venture. <laughs>